Hello, how are you guys doing today? It is your boy Maurice McMillan with yet another episode of the Don't Quote Me podcast. This is episode 25. I already got an episode title and artwork planned out, so I'm feeling good. It is August 8th, 2018. Uh, Yesterday we had a big primary day. Unfortunately, the one person I was rooting for the most is looking like at this point is is definitely not going to get the win. Even though there were some suspicious circumstances, I won't be bitter. But um, yeah, so let's just get into get into the uh, episode. Uh, only thing really going on in my personal life is that I have made a political donation. So I feel like I'm a little baller. I gave Better O'Rourke $5. So I'm officially a donor. So he has to do what I want. So we're going to take over Texas. You know, take everyone's guns away. Turn everyone gay. We're going to tax the rich 150% because, you know, this is what Fox News wants you to believe. So just just going to say that because, you know, I hope four years from now, five years from now, someone clips this this bit, takes it out of context. And it's like, we'll see. Obviously, he was serious because, you know, that's how Republicans seem to work. But um, anyway, um, I think I might switch from Spotify to, App, to uh, Apple Music again. So I was having some issues with them. But um, we'll see. That's the only things that really going on in my personal life for the past week. I'm going to go see Black Klansmen on Friday. Oh, uh, not Friday, but at some point this weekend probably. Or early next week, but very soon. So I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. So my first shout out of the episode is going to Kyle Kalinske, who is the host of Secular Talk. If you uh, watch his YouTube or listen to him on radio, um, he's a interesting progressive. He has some uh, valid points a lot of the time. But the reason why I'm giving him this shout out is that he went on Fox News a couple of days ago and basically just had them stunned. He was just beating them over the head with logic and facts. And they weren't really used to it because, you know, they're just so used to this, like everyone agreeing with each other on Fox News. And it's like. Everything is always terrible and the Democrats and the progressives are the worst people ever. And Nancy Pelosi is the devil, all of that shit. So when someone just comes out and we're like, actually, I don't agree with everything you say 100%. I'm going to actually rebut some of your claims and hit you with some facts. And uh, I, I actually have to give the host credit. I forgot his name, but the host of that clip, he was actually pretty fair. He didn't really do anything wild, but the other uh, guest was definitely trying to be on that like stereotypical Fox News shit, and uh, Kyle wasn't letting it fly, so that was dope. So if you want to uh, learn more about his policies and if you want to watch the clip, just check it out on YouTube. I think it's like five minutes because, you know, TV interviews for some reason are always five minutes. Uh, that's one thing I appreciate about the Joe Rogan podcast that has just spoiled me is that when I watch TV interviews, I just get irritated as fuck because, like, it'll be, like, at, at longest, like, 15 minutes. That's, like, a long interview. And most of the time, it is just hella commercials. They don't really say too much. They have, like, one or two, like, bomb drops, and then that's it. And uh, by comparison, I uh, listened to Macaulay Culkin on, uh, on um, Joe Rogan's podcast today. That He was on the episode yesterday. And I learned a lot about him in like two hours. So that definitely seems to be the winning format for interviews. But um, yeah, so I digress. Kyle Kalinske, he did his thing on Fox News. First shout out. Second shout out goes to Rashida Talib. I'm hoping I pronounce, I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. It's either Talib or Talib. So um, I could be pronouncing it wrong. But uh, either way. She is on pace to be the first Muslim American woman to be a congressman. And she won her primary against five other opponents in the 13th district of uh, Michigan. And it was a close race. It was for John Conyers old seat. As you may or may not know, he uh, resigned in disgrace last year when uh, me too was on and pop. And he, he was one of the early me too's. So um, this is his, seat it's it's heavily gerrymandered uh, it's one of the few seats in america that's gerrymandered in democratic favor so um it was pretty much a given democratic seat so much so that republicans didn't even run anyone against her against the democratic seat in general 
So it's just uh, Democrats in the primary, and Rashida won by one point. Less than a thousand votes overall, according to the New York Times. So uh, it was a close race, and it, it was really great that she won. And the reason I'm giving her the shout out, she's a justice Democrat, so she doesn't take any corporate PAC money, and she's for Medicare for all. And she even says she sees a lot of herself in Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So I'm a hundred and ten percent behind her. But you know, everything that comes up must come down. So. We naturally had some primary casualties yesterday, and first and foremost was uh, Brent Welder, but I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. So let's get into some politics. So uh, I have been trying my best to only to like to to hold my outrage and anger with Donald Trump for the certain things, and for some reason. The LeBron story, when it first happened, I have to admit, I was triggered. I was really triggered. And I don't even really like LeBron all that much. Like, you know, I'm a Warriors fan, so whenever he's on the court, he's the worst person ever just because he's playing against my team. So um, I'm, I'm sure if he were on the Warriors and, you know, things were differently, I wouldn't hate him as much. But you know how it is in sports. You always hate the dude beating your team. And even when they're not beating your team, you're just like, no, you're going to take this hell. You're going to take 14 of them. I don't give a fuck. So, um, you know, but off the court, LeBron is a good dude. And I mentioned last week, I gave him a shout out for the uh, I Promise School. And for some reason, Donald Trump chose this week of, well, I guess last week, chose last week of all weeks to talk shit about LeBron. And he got a two for a racism. He got LeBron and Don Lemon in the same tweet. And then try to save it by like, oh yeah, I like Michael, I like Michael Jordan more anyway. And uh, he's just being petty, just calling black people dumb because that's what he likes to do. And everybody knows he's very insecure, so you gotta lash out when you feel threatened. And he is feeling very threatened by this Paul Manafort shit. Uh, I'm not gonna get into that today because there's so much going on. Uh, I know uh, Rick Rick uh, Gates basically was in court like, yeah, I committed crimes with him and I stole from him. And yeah, I'm a snitch on him. <laughs> so, you know, no honor among thieves. But uh, anyway, it, it, it's uh, the LeBron story really triggered me a lot. And I tried so hard not to just get wound up in the outrage because that's what always happens with Trump. Cause he'll, he'll say one fucking thing and everyone loses their mind. That just happens every time now. And I'm, I'm over that for the most part. But the LeBron thing, it just got to me. I don't, I can't really explain why, but that was one of the few times where he was just baiting people and I took it hook, line, and sinker. And the entire time I was taking the bait, I was thinking to myself, there are so many more bigger problems in the world that he is uh, in, in his administration. And it's, it's just like we're talking about LeBron. And at the same time, I was like, why the fuck are you just so fucking stupid like why are you going out of your way to be an asshole to someone who just did a good thing and it's just like you were so fucking petty and annoying but when it first happened I will admit it was a little bit funny because I took a step back and looked at it and I was like wow the president is really hate watching CNN and live tweeting and talking shit to LeBron James at 11 37 p.m on a Friday night like I never thought I would say that sentence before. And it's just weird. Like I, I saw someone make, made a joke about it on Twitter about the nightmare draft. And I'm honestly thinking about doing that for next year. That sounds like a fun, a fun game, put some money on it. And just like, okay, what horrible things are going to happen next year under the Trump regime? Like, is he going to like kiss this dictator on the cheek? Is he going to bomb this country? Like how many people are going to lose their jobs? Like this prop bets, all over the place but anyway i'm thinking like he he's just he does so many fucked up things like why are we talking about lebron but you know i you know you can't throw a glass stone like what's the word you can't throw stones in a glass house so that's how i feel like i want to talk shit about it but I, i'm guilt i'm just as guilty and on that same token alex jones gets kicked off social media and that seems like that's a giant story now like, why the fuck is it like these things? Why are we talking about these things? 
And we're not talking about people at the border with the same intensity. We're not talking about Flint with the same intensity or Puerto Rico with the same intensity. And as I said, I'm just as guilty as this. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm better than anyone. But I'm just, I just wish we could all collectively be better. Or as Melania Trump would say, be best. And it, it's just so hard because there's just, there's just scandal after scandal after scandal. And we, we just have to like, I guess like keep our heads down and just like pick our battles. It's because it's like literally a war where there's like there's 14,000 people dying. Like every, like on the left of you, on the right of you, just people just dying left and right. But you got to take care of that one dude who's coming towards you. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it kind of feels like in the Trump era. There's just so much scandals. You can only handle one at a time. And sometimes, and it's very clear that he'll use scandals to cover up other scandals, which is just kind of amazing when you sit and think about it. Like, like just think about like, oh, wow, people think I'm like uh, colluding with the Russians. Hmm. How do I cover this up? Let me just show how racist I am. Like, wait, what? <laughs> just like hmm people are realizing that i'm screwing over the poor you know what fuck those brown kids at the border just like what what kind of distractions are these man he's it's a, he's an interesting character and unfortunately he's he's running our country probably into the ground but you know time will tell and on to the next news story that was kind of all one long rambling news story but the second one I'm just going to talk about these primaries. So there uh, were a couple of good progressive wins. Like I mentioned, uh, Rashida Tlaib, but the one that definitely the loss that broke my heart was Brent Welder. So um, I donated $7 to him. He was actually my first political donation. So uh, I'm especially heartbroken. So I donated $7 to him. So, you know, I basically just like Kobe'd my $7 in the trash, I guess which is sad, but, you know, obviously there are bigger things going on. But it, it, this, the, the takes on Twitter have gotten me questioning up and down at this point. Like, the, the quote-unquote Democrats and quote-unquote progressives and quote-unquote socialists who are just going to town talking about how terrible Bernie Sanders is and Ocasio-Cortez and how awful their primary uh, assistance was and why uh, Brent Walder was terrible because he was a white dude. And it's just all these tales like, you should have voted for Sharice Davids because she's a woman and she's Native American. And it's like completely fuck her policies, I guess. And apparently... She was under a fellowship under the Trump White House. And uh, while it wasn't like he had appointed her, she didn't resign. So it's not like a, you know, a backbreaking issue or whatever, but it's just a, another data point. And the reason why I was so in favor of Brent Welder was not only was he polling well against Kevin Yoder, who was the Republican incumbent, but he was for all the right issues, you know, higher minimum wage, Medicare for all all that and uh from what i know about uh sharice davids her whole platform is pretty like lukewarm it doesn't really have much substance like there's not there's no real position you can point to like she's going to fight for this she is in favor of that like it's just kind of like political buzzwords like i like medicaid or the nra is bad but those aren't really like things you can put on a ballot. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, maybe you can like put that on a, on a tweet, but you know, so hopefully she beats the Republican, but it, ironically, she is le uh, le she's least likely to beat him according to polling, because that was the weird thing about Brent Welder is that he already had like a seven point advantage over Kevin Yoder. So if he went to the general, he would have already been the favorite, even though he's the challenger. So at this point, the Sharice Davids and Kevin Yoder is 50-50 in my personal opinion. So hopefully she wins it just because Democrats in general are overperforming right now. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. And uh, also the Danny O'Connor and uh, what is it? Blake Alderson? No, that's not his name. Can't remember his name. But the, the dude who fucking won in the Ohio special uh, special election. 
the 12th district, if I'm not mistaken. The reason I forgot the Republican's name is because this race is going to repeat itself in like three months, three months. So he's basically going to hold that office for like a month, two months, maybe, and then go right back to campaigning. So I'm not really like losing sleep over it. And uh, Danny O'Connor closed a giant gap. I think Trump won it by like 30, 35 points or something that district. And then Danny O'Connor lost by like a point. So very, very big uh, Democratic swing. But this wasn't wasn't quite enough. But uh, we'll see what happens in November when it actually matters. Uh, but good luck, you know, in that race. Uh, obviously, I'm rooting for the Democrats because if we keep Republicans in charge, it is going to like I, I'm already broke and they're just going to make being broke like a thousand times harder at every possible turn. And as of right now, they seem to be aiming all their hatred to the poor at the people slightly poorer than me. So it seems like I'm safe. But once they aim for the like slightly above dirt poor, like, you know, like mud poor or like what's the word? Like maybe like grass poor or something like that. Once they like start working their way up the poor line, I, I might be next. So hopefully that's not for a couple years after I've learned a skill or left the country. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, general is in uh, November six most places. So, uh, we'll see what happens in November. At, at this point, I, I just feel like we're just predestined. I, I feel like I know everything that's gonna happen in the general sense. I feel like at some point America's gonna start a war with Iran. I feel like at some point Democrats are gonna clean up in November, and I feel like at some point Trump is gonna win in re-election in twenty twenty. But if I'm lucky and there's a God, maybe he will be removed from office before then. But if he is still in office when the election time comes around, I can almost guarantee you he's going to win re-election. Because Democrats, as proven by uh, Twitter, do not have their shit together. And are, in my personal opinion, seem to be working actively towards ensuring the fact that Trump will win re-election. But, you know, I'm just a pessimist, so. That's just me. Uh, so the next story I want to talk about is uh, the MAGA, you know, make America great again. So we all know Donald Trump is a terrible speller. And I didn't realize until recently that make America great again is a typo because Trump can't spell. He meant to say make asbestos great again i'm like oh that makes so much more sense that explains why his supporters the most diehard are the dumbest because they wear those hats the longest and the asbestos you know just just soaks up in their brain just fucks all that iq up so uh it's all adding up and you may think i'm joking but uh I'm, I'm obviously joking, but <laughs> you may think I made that up out of nowhere, but no, I didn't. I didn't actually. Apparently, uh, Trump is phasing asbestos back into America. So uh, I got I got a fun story from uh, Rolling Stone for you, and then I have a fun fact check from Snopes for you. So uh, let's get into this. Some of President, President Trump's most cartoonishly evil policy initiatives have come at the expense of the environment. In the past few months alone, his administration has lifted a ban on importing big game hunting trophies. He's sought to repeal California emission standards and released a plan to gut the Endangered Species Act. It's all done in the name of unmitigated capitalism, to which the president clearly feels the environment is beholden. So, too, apparently, is the health of Americans, as the Environmental Protection Agency is now allowing asbestos to be legally used in construction. So most people with working brains, so not most people who wear MAGA hats, would tell you that, you know, hey, I thought asbestos was bad for you. I don't really know what it does, but I always heard it was bad for you. I feel like that would be the average hot take. So I'm going to give you a little another quote from this article. Its use is banned in over 60 countries. And though it's only heavily restricted in the United States, asbestos is no longer used in construction because of the health risk it poses. Direct or indirect exposure to the carcinogen can cause lung cancer or mesothelioma, and it has been found to kill 40,000 Americans annually. The World Health Organization wrote that, 
quote, all types of asbestos can cause lung cancer, mesothelioma, and cancer of the larynx and ovary, and asbestositis. Asbestosis, that's what it is. So, um, yeah, for some reason Trump thought that was a good idea, you know, probably a green reason. You know, he he's just like, they're really just looting a store on the way out, man. It just feels like, it always feels like the wheels are falling off the car, but they keep making it another mile. Like, oh, this is going to be the mile the wheels come off for sure. And then it's like, oh, we've been driving for 60 miles. How the fuck did we get here? And you just, those wheels just keep on wobbling. Like, one of them's going to pop off at some point, right? And then you drive another 40 miles. It's like, what the fuck is going on? That's basically the Trump administration at this point. And them wheels is wobbly as shit, but we still rolling. <laughs> and it's all types of scary, but the wheels ain't came off yet. But <laughs> I, as I've been saying 140 miles ago, it's a matter of time before them wheels ride off this bitch. And we gonna see, and it's not gonna be pretty. But uh, th- that that's just... We're at in America. Apparently, we need to bring back asbestos. We have to make asbestos great again, which just explains so much. I'm like, oh, now I get it. Like the MAGA people, they're not stupid. They're just literally brain damage from asbestos. It it all adds up. But uh, so let me just fact check something because it's so funny to me that someone had to fact check this, but they did it. So Snopes. Uh, This is what the question is asked. It's asking Snopes, I guess. Did a Russian asbestos company put Trump's face on their product? You may be wondering, is this true? This can't be true. But yes, my friends, it is true. On the 25th of June, a Russian mining company named Uralusbest, which is one of the world's largest producers of asbestos, posted a message of support for President Trump on their official Facebook page. And the post includes photographs of packaged asbestos material adorned with the face of Trump and the text approved by Trump, the 45th president of the United States. So, uh, yeah, uh, Trump is, you know, making asbestos great again. He's going to get that Russian company a lot of bank by selling to the U.S. And they got tariffs, so we'll see how that works. Or maybe he's not tariff. He's probably not tariff in russia those are his home he's probably giving them a discount so um uh, yeah we're gonna bring back asbestos uh make make america sick again you know i'm pretty sure that's what he ran on right but uh yeah we'll, we'll see how this plays out and um yeah so let's get into the whole chris collins story so chris collins uh, was, uh, is, was a Republican representative in New York. And apparently he got caught the fuck up recently in a very, very funny way. So this is one of those stories that I saw on my phone. Like I just read the headline and then I got a little bit more information from a uh, TYT. So it, it, it's, uh, kind of a doozy. So uh, I'm going to read you this a uh, little bit from CNN and then I'll uh, tell you some bits that I learned from TYT. So New York GOP rep Chris Collins vowed to fight the criminal charges against him in, in court and win re-election hours after federal prosecutors arrested him on accusations that he took part in insider trading. The charges have been levied against me are meritless, Collins said on Wednesday, and I will mount a vigorous defense in court to clear my name. I look forward to being fully vindicated and exonerated. Federal prosecutors on Wednesday charged Collins, his son, and another man with 13 counts of securities fraud, wire fraud, and false statements stemming from an illegal insider trading scheme centered on an Australian pharmaceutical company. He could face up to 150 years in prison if convicted on all counts. According to Nick uh, Bias, I can't pronounce his last name, a spokesman for the United States Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York, they seem to just be in the news all the time now. But uh, anyway, Collins, who was the first sitting member of Congress to endorse Donald Trump's presidential bid, surrendered Wednesday morning at his attorney's office in Manhattan, according to the FBI. So 
TYT filled in the blanks of what happened for me. So I will relay this to you the best of my memory. So basically what happened was he was trying to get this company that he owned a lot of uh, stock in to pass this drug trial or whatever. So their stock price would rise and they failed. And he learned about the failure of the stock uh, of the drug trial like a day or so before the it became public news. So the second he finds out, he flips out at the person he told him this and he would have lost about $768,000. So that's a lot of money. And he would have lost this money if he just like, oh, you know, sat on that information and didn't do anything. So once he finds out, he immediately calls his son six times to tell him to sell his stock. And then, you know, they sell stock. Uh, I think they sell like most of their stock like the next day. And then a little bit more, I think a week later. So, you know, when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, they got him dead to rights. It's kind of hard to uh, argue any of those facts. But what the killer is, the people, what, what people are going to be making the most jokes about is that the dude who's doing this is worth like $66 million. So a normal person would be all like, why the fuck are you tripping over like a little over half a mil for, you know, life in prison? when you're already worth 66 million dollars but when you're rich and white you don't give a fuck and uh, trump proves that every day and he uh just clearly did not give a fuck and he's like fuck it i'm white and i'm right i'm gonna get this money nigga and that's what he tried to do but unfortunately the feds was watching and feds might be taping as e 40 said so um he uh got arrested which uh, kills me because I don't know how you got arrested and then you get out from, uh, I'm guessing you posted bail and then you go to the a news conference and be all like, yeah, I'm still running for reelection and I'm going to win this shit. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, we all saw you just get arrested, my nigga. Like, like how you just going to be bold and shit? Like, right. Like fresh out of jail. Like that's some Tupac shit. Like, yeah, I'm out of jail, nigga, and I'm going to win re-election. Like, what you going to say? West side, nigga. Like, he's from New York. But anyway, it's just a wild Wednesday, apparently. So, yeah, that that's what happened. And uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know how he's going to argue this shit. But, you know, 13 count. I didn't know he was facing that many years until I saw this article. So that's a, that's a ridiculous amount of years considering how little of a percentage that is of his total worth. But, you know, when you're rich and white, the laws are going to bend your way. So I will guarantee you, I will bet every single thing that I own that he will not end up getting life in prison. I will bet everything that I own with anyone who wants to take that action that he is not going to face life in prison. For the sole fact that he is rich and white. That is so that's all the information I need. He rich and white? He didn't kill forty eight hundred people with his bare hands? Mm, yeah, he gonna get out. <laughs> so um he he may serve a couple months, maybe even a year or two. I wouldn't put it past him, maybe. You know, anything's possible. But he ain't gonna see life in prison. That shit ain't possible. But um that's probably a good point to stop for the politicians but um let's get into them uh video games because video games is real for the last week like holy shit shit has been going the fuck on with these video games so as you know i have been playing a lot of octopath traveler and technically i finished the game uh, i want to say on saturday maybe it was sunday but um, I'm still playing it because it doesn't feel complete to me at all. So I finished uh, Hanit's story. I, w I won't do spoil uh, story spoilers, but um, I finished Hanit's story, the person I started with. And once you, I will ruin this for you just because it's mechanical. Once you start the game, like with the character you start the game with, once you finish their last story, then that triggers the credits. So it doesn't like you can still play, obviously, but that that's what actually triggers the credits. So I didn't know that because I was just, you know, trying to finish all of the stories and I did hers like third. 
So it triggered it. I was like, oh, wow, it's hella early. So I still have four as of this, to- as of this point, I still have four stories left to finish before I'm quote unquote done with the game. And uh, right now I'm facing o- Ophelia's last boss or I'm at the cutscene right before that boss. And um, I've put over 114 hours into this game and I've gotten all the advanced classes. I didn't know there were advanced classes until recently. So my coworker told me, but um, those were pretty hard. Some of them were like the war master one was extremely difficult. You better really know what you're doing for that fight. And the rune Lord was uh, pretty, pretty intense too, but you know, um, ha- have fun guys. It's, it's a great game. Probably one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. I was, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, this is one of those games where I would say almost direct comparison. It's better than Chrono Trigger. So that's big shoes to fill, but I, I'm really like, I would say Chrono Trigger definitely has a better story just because it's, you know, a singular narrative. But uh, as of like, you know, um, obviously visuals, cause you know, it's not a Super Nintendo game, but um, just in terms of total package, I feel like it's a close, a close competition of uh, Chrono Trigger in the terms that it's not like a Mass Effect or something that's just like completely different than what the source material was. So this is almost like a direct comparison and this game is just so good. And uh, so uh, once I finish uh, the four stories, I might finally call it quits. I think there's some end game content I might fuck around with a little bit, but there's just so much game and I'm already 114 hours deep. And uh, as I'm about to get into, I just bought Dead Cells and now I want to play that because I've only played like 10 minutes of it, but I'm trying to finish Octopath and Dead Cells is really good. Um, it Personally, I, I'm, I might get in trouble for saying this, but personally, I think the art style for Dead Cells is pretty ugly. I am playing it on Switch and I haven't played it dock yet. I've only played it on the handheld, but I personally think the art style is kind of ugly. It reminds me of Vector Man for uh, Sega. For Sega Genesis and um, so that's what the art style looks like to me personally but as far as gameplay and shit and, uh, and mechanics as of right now it's it's just as good as everyone says it is it's, it's pretty much flawless it does everything it's supposed to do but I'm just a rookie but that said I feel like I did pretty good considering I only played one run and then stopped so you know cool game uh, now that I've uh, finally sat down and played it I I, I would I I kept getting multiple impressions of the game like because I was just watching videos so it, just, it felt like at first it felt like every gameplay was different and then it felt like every gameplay continued itself like like Rogue Legacy where all of your stats and bonuses and upgrades carried over but the game itself reset every time but it, and then I thought it was kind of like uh, now I'm realizing it's kind of like Binding of Isaac where it's like every run is different but your run builds are like drastically different too. So that's, you know, what, what the draw is to play over and over again. So it's basically like a side scrolling Metroid version of Binding of Isaac, or I guess a side scrolling Castlevania version of Binding of Isaac. Cause there's not much, shooting. I guess that's why I call it Metroidvania, but there's not much shooting. There's a little bit of shooting, mostly melee, but, uh, from what I've played pretty great runs well apparently people are having frame rate issues with the switch version but in the 10 20 minutes i played you know i didn't notice any issues other than the fact that it reminded me of a sega genesis game visually but you know that that's a minor complaint everything else is flawless uh i'm assuming it's going to be worth the 25 dollars uh i just need the time to put it into put into the game so once i've i'm trying to rush through octopath at this point just to get to dead cells so you know that, that's my uh, goal at the point at this point but anyway let's get into some video game news so the first little bit of video game news when i first saw it online i thought for certain this was either a really stupid joke or like a meme or like i missed something or like i didn't know what it was because it just sounded ridiculous and didn't make any fucking sense but I found out it was real, watched the re- re- real release video, and it blew my mind. So, uh, 
Tekken 7 is getting a season pass for uh, season two. Um, it's getting a new season, which is something that Street Fighter does a little bit that I never really got into, the seasons for fighting games. But Tekken is the one fighting game that I give the most fuck about. And I would say probably Soul Calibur is the second. So uh, I'm, I'm most likely getting season pass two. So they announced uh, Lei Wu Long is coming back. He was the one character that I wanted... I thought was missing from Tekken 7. So I'm like, all right, dope. Uh, you know, Anna Williams coming back. I don't really care. Nina's sister. Um, you know, she was always just there. I never really gave a fuck about her. But the reason why this story is ridiculous is because Negan from the AMC's Walking Dead is coming into Tekken. Like, what in the entire fuck does that have to do with Tekken? Like, I have no idea. I'm just so clueless. Like, what kind of partnership? What kind of idea what kind of combination what the fuck was this that this came about so i'm not hating i don't think it's a bad thing i just think it's like on on the weird scale it's probably a 10 out of 10 in weirdness and i and it does its job because now i have even more incentive to buy the season pass and there's still three more characters that have yet to be announced so i'm pretty much all in at this point and I'm ready for all the hot takes and all the stupid jokes. Like, uh, when are you going to throw in like all these other characters? But we'll see what happens. Uh, I- I'm-, I'm excited. Uh, I'm-, I'm a huge Tekken fan. And I bought a, a fight stick for Tekken. So I'm- uh, I will have an excuse to get good with the game again. Pull out my fight stick, dust it off. And um, so, yeah, uh, we'll-, we'll see. Um, I- I- it doesn't have a release date yet for season for season two. But... Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I always say to myself, I should get really good in Tekken just because I want to be good in the fighting game, but I never have the patience or the mental focus to stick with one game for that long. Uh, if it's not like story driven. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm waiting for Tekken now. It's just another game that's just in the back of my mind. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Dead Cells came out and kind of blew everyone's minds, but there's actually a little bit of interesting controversy with Dead Cells this week that was actually a first in my personal opinion. Well, in my personal viewership, I guess. So um, as you may or may not know, I often reference uh, video game uh, articles and whatnot from IGN. And I have been, you probably don't know this, but I have been a fan of IGN's website for possibly over a decade. You know, time's all fucked up for me. But uh, I just remember times before Trump and after Trump. So it was, I want to say like a decade plus. So I've been using IGN for a while. And in all that time, I don't remember them ever pulling and pulling a review for plagiarism. But that's what happened this week. And it was pretty weird because it was not a good look for IGN and it was a pretty blatant example of plagiarism. So, uh, dead cells, it got a 9.7 on IGN. Great score. I watched the video review myself. I was like, yeah, I need this game. So it sold the game for me. I was already pretty much going to buy it anyway. So I'm like, you know, it's cool. But news came out Monday night from this, uh, YouTube reviewer. His, uh, YouTube channel Boomstick Gaming, and he makes this video basically saying, "IGN stole my review. What do I do?" I was no IGN copied my Dead Cells review. What do I do? And uh, th- it was pretty much like direct phrases for almost the entire video review, um, where like he would say something on Boomstick Gaming, and then the IGN reviewer uh, Philip Muikin Musian. Uh, he would uh, basically say the exact same thing, reworded, make maybe one word off. So it was almost a one-to-one example of plagiarism. And IGN pulled the review like after I think like a day, day and a half. So you can't uh, read it or watch the video anymore. They said they're going to have someone else make a new video for it at some point, but uh, a a new review for it at some point soon. But uh, yeah, it was a bad look for IGN. They released a statement like, oh yeah, we apologize. You know, this isn't good luck. We fired the writer, blah, blah, blah. So um, yeah, that was, it was pretty big. Like I really, no one really saw that coming because I can't remember the last time or if that's ever happened on IGN. 
So um, I- I'm assuming it won't happen again, especially not anytime soon, as they're probably cracking the fuck down over there now. Like, y'all niggas ain't gonna fuck up this money. <laughs> I'll fire your grandma before you fuck up this money for me. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't. I I think they're going to be good going forward. And I don't look at the website as a whole differently because, you know, it's one person. He made this choice to clearly rip off this YouTuber. So, you know, he had to kick rocks. And uh, on to some more uh, uplifting news, though. So, Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct this morning. And it was for Smash Bros. So, pretty much every Nintendo nerd, uh, when they say Smash Bros., it's like a cowbell. We all just come running from from every direction. It's like Smash Bros. What? What's going on? Huh? What? What? So um, this new uh, direct was about twenty five minutes. I kind of like had it on like on the side while I was working this morning, just because it was early and I was kind of like ramping up in the day, and it was already released. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. No one's here. You know, let's let me uh, watch this video real quick. Do some work. You know. And uh, so it was a lot of announcements and I, I, I refuse to cover them all right now just because there were so many, but I will cover the big ones. So I'm, I'm pulling this from Forbes. But uh, so they announced the, the, the big announcements. They announced Simon Belmont from Castlevania and they also announced Richter Belmont as his Echo Fighter. So um, we got two new characters and then we have uh, two more uh, Echo Fighters as well. Crom from uh, Fire Emblem and then Dark Samus from, you know, Metroid, obviously. And then they also announced uh, a new surprise character, which I actually didn't know was a character until like, what, like after I rewatched the last bit of the direct like twice is I thought he was like an assist trophy or a, vi- or a boss or something. But I'm like, no, he's actually a character we can use. So this is King K. Rule, King Cruel. The, D, the Donkey Kong villain. So um, I never was uh, a huge Donkey Kong fan as a kid. So uh, I played a lot of the games, but I never finished any of them. So uh, I made it. I never made it to actually see this boss. So if you're a Donkey Kong fan, you probably know who he is. But so um, we got we got five new character announcements, a couple new modes. They announced the a 3v3 mode, a 5v5 mode. Um, they also announced kind of like the story mode or whatever that they had before. Um, and they have 103 total stages in this game and over 800 music tracks in this game. And they basically have a feature that turns your switch into like a big ass fucking iPod, which probably sounds good in theory, but sounds extremely inconvenient in in practice. Like I have no idea how this would really work in practice for me, but, um, Man, that's a cool idea. You know, maybe at home I'll just have it on background, listening to some Nintendo music one day. Well, you know, I'll never know. Maybe I'll get super high one day and want to just hear some, like, the, uh, the Ocarina song or something. Or, uh, what's the, no, no, what's the word, Coco, uh, Kokoro Forest or Coke? Can't remember it from Ocarina of Time. It's like, da na 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 If you're a super nerd, you probably have heard that song before. But, uh, that jam is probably one of the few tracks that I would want to listen to, like on repeat. So hopefully that's in the the 800 tracks, but I, I won't lose sleep if it's not. Uh, they also announced a whole bunch of assist trophies, uh, as I mentioned, new stages. Um, this this game is just getting bigger and bigger, and it's just crazy to me that they can fit it all in one little tiny ass cartridge. So I'm I'm like my hype was already at a 10. But uh, I, I'm honestly the only thing I want at this point is for them to announce Waluigi. For I don't I don't even really care for Waluigi, but I just feel like that's the only thing this game is missing. So maybe at some and, and Sakurai knows people want Waluigi, so I feel like if he doesn't include him, he's just being a dick at this point. Like we we have all of this, all of these characters. Like come on, man, what did Waluigi do to you? <laughs> so um. But, you know, what would be cool if they threw in Dry Bones and not Waluigi? So, um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm hype. You know, I gotta wait till fucking December. But, uh, I bought, uh, a new, uh, Joy-Con set recently. So, I technically have four controllers. So, if peeps want to come over and play Smash Bros, I am ready. 
So uh, I, I'm ready for Smash Bros. to come out so I can just, you know, start getting good again. And I, I haven't decided if I'm going to buy a um, GameCube controller yet. But if I do, then I'll really have enough control. I'll have a fuck ton of controllers. Be ready for a party. Have like six player uh, uh, Smash Bros. going on. But um, so uh, at this point, just just counting off the days. There's two things I'm hyped for. I'm hyped for the November elections, and I'm hyped for Smash Bros. to come out. And everything else, I'm just like, no, clocks is ticking. Actually, no, I take that back. And uh, I'm also extremely hyped for Spider Man to come out. But those are like the, probably more hype for Spider Man than Smash Bros. Just because I don't know what to expect for Spider Man. But I know exactly what to expect for Smash Bros. So, um, yeah, those are my three things that got me super excited for the end of this year. Um, so, uh, anyway, let's move on to the last news story in the video games. So, um, you know, God of War, a game of the year contender, came out uh, on uh, 420, you know, plays it. Uh, and four months later, they're going to release New Game Plus. So if you are a God of War fan, if you own the game or were thinking about getting the game, this is probably like the last push that you need because it's already a perfect game. And I mean that literally, it's already a perfect game. So you just need to, you know, play it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's all it's really was missing. So um, now they got new game plus, it's going to be a free patch. It's coming out on August 20th and uh, it's going to have new gear more difficult enemies, and you can skip cutscenes. So you uh, include all of your previous armor, enchantments, talismans, resources, and abilities, and you can choose your difficulty all over again. So all of that carries over from the first playthrough. And in the second playthrough, the higher level enemies, and they learn kind of like new maneuvers, so they might do a new kind of uh, attack pattern. And there's a new currency system for leveling up equipment, and there's new armor sets and new enchantments. So it looks like they're, uh, you know, they're going to make it worth your time if you're trying to experience that again. Me personally, and in the game climate of today, I just don't see when it's ever feasible to play a game more than, you know, one time. Unless it's like built into the Platinum Hunt. But it's, yeah, I already got my Platinum Trophy for God of War. And... There are so many games coming out so soon. I already got... Te technically, I got two games that are, like, brand new that I have to play. Uh, no Man's Sky Next. I still haven't played it yet. And um, Dead Cells, I've played 10 minutes of it. So it's basically brand new. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, there's too many games to play for me to go back and play this. But if you want to, more power to you. But um, on that note, let's move on to some television. So I have been watching a lot of TV, like pretty much every weekend, and um, I have finally caught up in Snowfall. Uh, I actually don't know what day of the week new episodes come out, so for all I know, I'm behind this week's episode. But um, I caught up until uh, episode three of season two. Uh, the show is off the fucking hook. It, it took kind of. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but it took kind of a, a while for them to get into the actual, like, crack part of the show. So, um, you know, it was like in the second half of season one. But uh, now that the uh, the crack game has started, this show is wilding out real quick. And that money game is a, oh, man. So, uh, it, it's this show is really, really, really uh, gritty and... It, it it still blows my mind that the main character is British, like he he plays he plays the street nigga pretty well, and and his character is so fucking smart. He he reminds me of the main character from uh from Pain in Full, where it's like you can be a drug dealer and smart, and you know just do things to you know not land yourself in jail. Go figure. So he uh he he has to be a little bit more callous in season two from what I'm seeing. So uh. Uh, so far, it's cool. It's building up. And um, the funny thing about Snowfall is that the whole side story with the Contras and Sandinistas and the USA selling coke and shit, it really got me so hyped to watch American Made with Tom Cruise. 
because I remember when that movie was first being advertised and I was like, this movie looks good as fuck. So me watching Snowfall so much made me watch a Tom Cruise movie and that movie was good as fuck. So American Made kind of snuck up on me because it looked good. But now I'm like, bro, this movie is really, really bomb. So I would not even be against watching that again sometime soon. So maybe me and my girl watch it one weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, it's um, it's a good ass movie, and uh, Snowfall, good ass show. So if you like cocaine, those are your two options. And uh, not really related to cocaine, but want to talk a little bit about heroin? I'm also watching Claws. <laughs> so uh, Claws got a little bit of a uh, drug drug game going on right now in the show. Uh, I'm behind a one episode technically and then the season finale is this weekend so i'm probably gonna catch up and then be done with it probably like early next week or maybe next weekend and i know for a fact i'm gonna wait until after the finale so i can just watch those last two episodes in in a jump and uh on top of that i've also watched a couple more episodes of the shy i watched episode no i just watched one episode i take that back i watched episode three of the shy finally so um, at some point, I'm going to have to binge watch that. Uh, I'm kind of like taking my time with it because I know that I, uh, season two is not out yet. And I don't know when it's coming out. So I'm not really in a hurry to binge watch it. But on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, I also started Barry and I do want to binge watch that. So and now it's in the exact same situation. I don't know when it's coming back on TV. But Barry is a little bit more lighter despite it having a lot more... Uh, what's the word a little bit more bloody uh you know a little bit darker you know in a way barry is kind of it's kind of ridiculous and dark that's why it feels lighter so a uh, barry is an interesting show i definitely see why it was uh, reviewed so high and why people talk it up so high it's uh it's probably the most unique show i've seen in a long time just because the premise is really bizarre so the premise of barry is basically this serial killer discovers maybe he doesn't want to be a serial killer anymore and instead he wants to be an actor <laughs> and uh, i've only seen the first two episodes so far but it's just like every like well not everyone but the his one friend or whatever around him is like dude like you can't like kill people at nighttime and be an actor in the daytime like that's not how killers work dude like like you can't just be on tv and then just be murdering people off camera like like you know people will recognize you when you're famous or when you know or you know your job is to be seen (laughs) like people will start to see you places like you know it's it's a pretty interesting show I wouldn't say it's like laugh out loud funny, but it's like one of those like, I, you know, like kind of like, oh, that was a funny situation he found himself in. It's one of those shows. So uh, other than those four shows, those story driven shows I'm watching, I've been watching a fuck ton of BoJack repeats. And uh, it's this I, I watch so much BoJack. I, I don't know why I'm addicted to BoJack at this point. But once I, I've been watching so much BoJack that when Negan was announced for Tekken and I was like planning for this episode, I was just thinking to myself, what is this a crossover episode? So th- that, that's where we're at. Apparently we're, we're, we're doing Negan. We're just throwing the walking dead and everything. So anyway, let's do a little quick hit on the news. So, uh, which is starting to become a little, this, this is a, a four for four. I talk about this every week at this point for like a month straight, but Sasha Baron Cohen, he claimed another victim so much so that I'm dedicating the name of this episode to Sasha Baron Cohen. You know why? Cause Joe Arpaio, Joe, Joe Arpaio, he got him. <laughs> and that's the name of this episode. Got him. <laughs> Joe Arpaio, man. Oh my God. This motherfucker. I, I he's like the most oblivious dude ever. Like, Okay, so I'm going to ruin this skit like I always do. Sasha Baron Cohen, he pretends to be this like Scandinavian YouTuber and he opens this little toy donut. He can, I don't know how he like, 
he like hypnotizes him or whatever, but he convinces Arpaio to talk to this little toy donut and be like, hey, this toy donut wants to take your guns away. And Arpaio is like, you're not going to take my guns away. And we want guns to protect people like you. And he's like really getting into this heated argument with a little toy donut. So, uh, you know, I'm going to make that the, uh, episode artwork for this one. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is this fucking classic. He was talking about golden showers and hand jobs and blow jobs and Gerard Pyle didn't put two and two together at all. And, and what what the, the funniest part is the part that's not even really being talked about is that Joe R. Pyle, he's like uh, the, the way that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen gets him to come is by talking. He's like pro gun and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting guns to, you know, prepare for the upcoming race war. And, you know, I know communists want to take your guns away. And Joe Arpaio hears all that shit, sees them playing with toy donuts and shit, and he's like, you know, I think Trump would like you. You think just like he thinks. And I'm just like, wow. So y'all really preparing for the upcoming race war that y'all trying to start blatantly. But uh, yeah, I guess stay strapped out there, folks. <laughs> Republicans are, are, are uh, gearing up, apparently. He, he let the cat out the bag on that one. And the uh, next piece of news, Insecure Season 3 is starting on Sunday, and I'm really hyped because this is one of those black excellence shows, in my opinion. It's really funny. Issa Rae, really great, really great job at writing for this show. And uh, it's an HBO show, so if you ain't got HBO, you're missing out on this one. And this is why I'm glad I got the hookup with my friend. I traded my Hulu, and she lets me use her HBO. So it's this win-win. It's linking up right there. So uh, get you a subscription, buddy. That's how you navigate this world of pay services. So um, I'm I'm hype. You know, season three is gonna be funny. I can guarantee it. Apparently, she's living with uh Daniel for a lot of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And a dude from the game that was her ex from season one and two. I forgot his name, but a tall, skinny dude. Apparently he's not going to be in this season, so um, uh, I, I'm I'm assuming it's not going to fuck up the comedy. So you know, if you're an insecure fan, if you like Issa Rae, you definitely got to watch the show. It's so good. If you're a black girl, highly recommend it. I feel like this is one of those shows for black women, and um, yeah, it, it it's hella funny. And uh, last little bit of news is uh, we're gonna close it out with a little awesome bit of news that really got me hyped. And that's about, apparently, Chris Rock is going to be in season four of Fargo. So if you've never seen or heard of Fargo, it's fair. It's not like a super huge show. But it's probably one of the better shows of all time. I put put Fargo season one and season two in league with like The Wire and Breaking Bad. That's how highly I think of those seasons. So if you've never seen Fargo season one or season two, highly fucking recommended. Only reason why I'm not including season three is because I still haven't seen it. And I've had it downloaded on my hard drive for like over a year, damn near. And I still haven't seen it. But now that I know Chris Rock is going to be in season four, I'm pretty much guaranteed to binge watch it pretty soon. So um, once I catch up in the shy and probably catch up in Barry and then, uh, probably claws as well just to knock them off my list i believe i'm probably going to just move on to fargo just because i don't have to look for episodes or worry about you know doing something sketchy or worry about commercials like no i already got them you know it's already done i just gotta watch and enjoy and i got all the episodes i got the whole season but um anyway fargo originally a movie from 1996 pretty good movie kind of like a weird like dark comedy kind of gangster movie which is like the style of the shows in general like kind of dark comedy gangster vibes so um season one had billy bob thornton he 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 was fucking incredible he was so good in season one season one is so fucking great and season two i forgot the name of the dude but i know his whole i, I won't ruin it for you because i'm such a huge fan of the show that they're they're purposely better if you don't know anything about them. So you should just go in and watch them. And each season is self-contained. So um, season one is its own story. Season two, completely different story. Season three, also a completely different story. 
Uh, I believe there's like some, a little bit of crossover, like, you know, like random, like character references and shit. But other than that, each story is completely original. And so, um, FX, uh, you know, the channel for these shows, uh, released, um, uh, press released recently that, uh, added a little bit of uh, plot details for the fourth season. Uh, and they announced that it's coming out next year and it's going to take place in Kansas city in 1950. And, uh, this is from the press release that's related to the story and Chris Rock specifically. So <clears throat> in 1950, at the end of the two great American migrations, that of Southern Europeans from countries like Italy who came to the U.S. at the turn of the last century and settled in northern cities like New York and Chicago, and African Americans who left the South in great numbers to escape Jim Crow and moved to those same cities, you saw a collision of outsiders, all fighting for a piece of the American dream. In Kansas City, Missouri, two criminal syndicates have struck an uneasy peace, one Italian, one African American. Together, they control an alternate economy that of exploitation graft and drugs this too is the history of america to cement their peace the heads of both families have traded their elders eldest sons chris rock plays the head of one family a man who in order to prosper has surrendered his oldest boy to his enemy and who must in turn raise his son's enemy as his own it's an uneasy peace but profitable and then the heads of the Kansas City Mafia goes into the hospital for routine surgery and dies. And everything changes. It's a story of immigration and assimilation and things that we do for money. And as always, a story of basically decent people who are probably in over their heads. You know, Fargo. And uh, yeah, if you've never seen Fargo, that's a pretty good way to put it. Nice people who end up doing one big mistake that ruins their entire fucking life. So um, that's a very, very, very accurate statement for season two specifically. But um, yeah, uh, Fargo, easily one of the best shows of all time. Probably one of the most underrated shows of all time. Um, So if you've never seen it, I believe both season one and two are on Hulu. I don't know what's up with season three, but I know I need to watch it sooner rather than later. So don't be surprised if I'm talking about it in a couple of weeks. yeah, so that's, that's that's where I'm gonna leave you. Um, you know, I hope y'all are doing good. You know, if you're a progressive, keep your head up. Uh, if you're an establishment piece of shit, uh, I guess enjoy running the country into the ground. Whatever. All right, deuces, y'all. <laughs>